Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. It feels like we need to address... I don't really think the elephant in the room is the right term, but just address something that's probably on both of our minds. What? Not the world's mind. Harry Styles Vogue cover. Oh, I I'm just like so wet for it. <laughs> how are we supposed to get anything done today, tomorrow, ever again? It really did stop me in my tracks it's... this morning. It came out this morning that we were recording, and I am still I'm still reeling from it. The first man to ever grace the cover solo of American Vogue icon just when you thought white men couldn't break another barrier <laughs> we did it <laughs> yes for white men no i was honestly thinking of that this morning because on the one hand you have like a white man who is like okay what barrier are we really breaking but i do feel like to have a like a role model for people to see like you can still be a super cool rock star and wear a fucking dress on the cover of vogue inspiring tbh no i love it anyway now that we're all hot and bothered we can preview today's episode we're gonna kick things off with worst things first where i shout about the stupidest most ridiculous worst news of the week after that we're diving deep into the worst items on your thanksgiving menu because yes thanksgiving is still a week away but it's never too early to start shitting all over your mom's hard work that is my life's mission Also, we're taking the next two weeks off, so we got to get our list of awful Thanksgiving foods off our chest early. And finally! 
finally, we got comedian, TV writer, and co-host of Crooked's Keep It, Aida Osman, as our guest complainer. We talked about everything from the bane of spicy foods to the joys of giant cereal bowls. And Aida cracked open a wine before we even started. So you know it's going to be a good interview. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, people may have seen this one on their Twitter feeds. Experts in Naples, Florida. Only in Florida. Have said there's nothing to worry about after an absolutely honking, monstrous alligator was spotted walking along the Valencia Golf and Country Club. Honestly? He was a little hot. Okay. I think <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that Harry Styles cover has really got us into a mood. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I'm so horny from that that I would fuck an alligator, but uh I appreciate All I'm saying is he, he was he was big. He was muscular. He knew what he wanted. He was walking with purpose, you know? Yeah. And who doesn't love a tall man? Nine to ten feet long? Come on tall king i mean he more importantly a lot of people thought that the picture was fake because the legs on the alligator were so long and people aren't used to seeing like a tall and actually tall tall wise alligator exactly who who even knew that they had legs under there i've never seen the (laughs) underside of an alligator myself you only really see the top like the the top of a deep dish pizza you see the sauce (laughs) But you have no idea that there's a delicious layer of thick cheese under there. I want to see that gator in heels, yeah. calves popping. You know Slap what I mean? Slap on some stilettos. Yeah. Perhaps even an alligator pump. Oh, that's, yeah. that is a that's level some, of fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Just wearing, wearing my dead ancestors. <laughs> One gator expert noted that the reptile was pretty big for a, quote, golf course gator. Yeah, I guess that there's just like they're so used to seeing alligators on their golf courses that they just are like, yeah, that's a that's a golf course gator. Or now it's like actually evolving into like a new part of the species. I always assume that alligators, because of their short arms, would be more of like a, a putt putt golf kind of yeah. a, a customer. But mm-hmm. who's to stop them? Okay, it's 2020. We're breaking barriers left and right. I I think that it's finally time to see an alligator in professional golf. Also, like, I feel like there's a great opportunity to start training alligators to be caddies. Is that the term? Caddy? I don't know. It sounds offensive. I know. But to be the to be carrying around the bags like they're definitely strong enough. I feel like, you know, they're there. They're available. They're hanging out. We should be bringing them in to help. Yeah. Why are there caddies? Golf is the, like, you're not doing any work to begin with. So why you can't know. you just carry your own bag? It's like the least stressful sport. And then you need some like slave to help you carry stuff around. And a car to get around. This alligator, I honestly, I feel like he should have been there to fucking chomp on some rich people. It's time. Mm. He's getting, he's getting Eat the socialism the ball rolling and eating the rich. <laughs> This is Karl Marxigator, okay? This is he's he he read the red book and he's saying we're going to eat the rich. 
Next, new research published in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, <laughs> okay, says female mongooses, or mongoose, as I will Thank call you. them, which are not birds, contrary to popular belief, they're a type <gasps> of angry ferret. Breaking news. New research suggests that they initiate warfare to try fucking rival men. Yes, Shiro, Shiro. Typical conniving women. This is exactly <laughs> what we don't need right now. So mongoose in general are like infamous for family warfare. They're like okay. highly... Okay, Sopranos much? <laughs> they're highly loyal to their birth families and they often wage group warfare against other family clans. Love this. But researchers have long wondered why they actually fight one another. But now one theory based on almost 20 years of data suggests that at least one purpose for the fights is to allow females a chance to mate with opponent males. <laughs> so <laughs> according, uh, so one researcher said, we think females play a role in inciting these conflicts to escape the males in their own family groups during the confusion and chaos of battle. <laughs> So they were like, they'd literally start fights so that they could get away and fuck the enemy. I love this. This is a fantastic tactic. This is life lessons we can be learning from yeah. the mongoose. This is my new dating strategy. Just start throwing punches and then when everyone least expects it, whip my dick out and start mating. Uh, remember, remember, kids, anything you see on the animal planet is fair game. You could do it in real life. <laughs> They're so rapey. Uh, yeah. Almost animals. every animal. One of my friends found out that like cats almost exclusively rape and she got very upset and like couldn't look at her cat for a while. What? They exclusively rape? It's like because of the way that like cat genitals work. There's like no consent. It's like just force. Okay, well, that's disgusting. I know. This has been Science with Matt. Absolutely love this for girl mongooses. Girl power, start fights, and then get fucked. That's how you do it. Basically, they say because they're so, like, antisocial in general, they only stay within their own families, there's a high risk of inbreeding. Basically, it's like you can either fuck your cousin or, like, start a war so that you can fuck the neighbor. Honestly, I want like a whole show based off of this. I mean, that's basically like every reality show. I don't know. Yeah. Why do you think all of the housewives fight so much? It's to <laughs> get dick. The female mongoose are strongly motivated to find mates in other groups. Quote, but it's really hard to do that because as soon as they come into heat, they get followed doggedly by a male in their own group. Typical brothers. <laughs> The only way they can shake him off is to visit the neighbors and start a fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ugh. Anyway, shout out to those ladies. Strong, female, empowered monkeys. And finally, a New York woman who went to the Jamaica Bay Wildlife Refuge to celebrate her 30th birthday ended up traveling by foot, by car, and by subway all to rescue a swan what? that had lead poisoning. No. Not worth it. There are it. plenty of swans. Not worth it. <laughs> Let it die. 
No, I guess it's fine that she saved a fucking animal. While visiting the wildlife refuge, this woman spotted a swan who was alone in the grass on the side of the water. Okay, been me for the past eight months. Just floating solo in the grass on the side of the water. So... (laughs) Uh, she approached it. She saw it was unable to walk or fly. So she did what any normal person would do. Wrapped the 17 pound bird. Oh, shit me. 17 Jeez. pounds. That's I like four babies. Four or five <laughs> babies. And I don't want to. I had a dream about holding a baby last night. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm still afraid. I don't like how babies have that hole in their head that's not all closed up yet. Yeah. No, that's just, I don't want anything that I could accidentally like give brain damage just by denting it the wrong way. Um, anyway, so she, she did what any normal person would do. She wrapped the 17 pound bird in her jacket and carried it a mile to the refuge entrance. Okay, Iron Man much? Yeah, 17 pounds. She could carry a mile. <laughs> I can barely carry my groceries across the street. without my fingers turning purple and this is a swan that is famously just like a a hacksaw with legs and wings absolutely but also you know what i'm just realizing now very much bjork vibes remember when bjork wore the swan dress i mean yeah it was one of the 10 most like famous fashion moments of the last century obviously i know (laughs) Don't don't ask me that like it's some obscure <laughs> reference. Everybody knows the swan dress. <laughs> this is my favorite part though. She she carried it a mile to the entrance and then a stranger was like, "Hey, we can give you a ride to the nearest subway station." <laughs> What a dick move. Just be like, yeah, I guess we can give you a ride, but we'll drop you off at the subway. So then they... Also, I'm sorry, but if I saw someone carrying what looked like a dead swan, I would not open my car door and say, come on in. Also, during the the pandemic. We're locking the doors. Yeah, this was like (laughs) recently. So... um, Yeah, if you see any person in New York, for anybody who has never been to New York, if you see any person walking down the street with any type of animal that's not a dog, you need to walk the other direction as quickly as possible. (laughs) If anybody is out in public with an animal that's not a dog, they are a threat. This isn't quite the same, but the other weekend I went to Roosevelt Island. Mm Mm-hmm. And I guess there's like a little cat sanctuary there outside. And I was like, what the hell is this? And we were like looking, trying to see if there were any animals in it or if they were all gone from because of COVID. And there was a there was a possum in the cat sanctuary, like in the cage. And I was like, are we saving possums now? Is he this one of the, his th- way in. this possum deserves sanctuary? Why do you care about cats more than you care about possums? I didn't really care about cats. I was just curious if they were there or not. There's and really instead, no there's difference a between a possum. cat and a possum, frankly. Hard agree. <laughs> Except for the, ex- the texture of the tail. Mm-hmm. And one has a pocket. <laughs> I remember we saw a possum on the road uh, and famously they play dead. And my mom was like, don't go anywhere near it. It could be faking death. And I was like, its brains are on the gutter. (laughs) We can see it is clearly dead. Its body is mutilated. (laughs) I think we're going to be fine. 
This is why I I was trained from birth to be scared of everything. Anyway, um, the the woman got out of the car onto a subway station, took the train all the way to the Upper West Side to the animal rescue place that she knew. Because it turns out she's trained in the in the fine arts of animal rescue. This is something that she does. So, and the swan was treated for lead poisoning. How do you even get lead poisoning? He probably was living in like a pre-war building, the swan. That's right. Yeah. Eating a lot of paint chips. Yeah. Or sucking on pencils that were made before like 1950. (laughs) It's one of my favorite pastimes. Anyway, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we're diving deep into the biggest turkey day letdowns. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. So this is our last episode before this year's Thanksgiving. And obviously this Thanksgiving probably going to be a little bit different than usual. Because if you're not a piece of shit who doesn't care if they spread a deadly virus around the country, you're probably celebrating the holiday that commemorates the historical genocide of Native Americans with something smaller this year. Maybe just your immediate family or you're just skipping out on Thanksgiving altogether. But if you feel bad about missing Thanksgiving this year or the fact that you're not getting a a, a proper Thanksgiving, allow me to relieve you of that guilt because today we're shitting all over Thanksgiving food. Because let's face it, most Thanksgiving side dishes are mushy swamp food. And sure, a lot of Thanksgiving side dishes are regional or they just depend on whether your mom is a shitty cook or not. But on the whole, a lot of Thanksgiving side dishes are just pre-digested, regurgitated baby food for grown-ups. And I'm going to call out the losers so that as you're building out your pandemic year Thanksgiving menu, you, you, you can remember that you don't have to include these dumb asses. So these are the worst Thanksgiving side dishes. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. First, canned cranberry sauce. Why? Why is it there? First of all, calling cranberry sauce a sauce is like calling a loaf of dog shit a soup. (laughs) I guess it can be, but it's not. Any food that holds the shape of its container when you slurp it out of the can should not be consumed by human mouths. Any food that makes the sound slurp when you when you retrieve it from its container should not be consumed by human mouths. Any food that looks like it was created in a lab by a mad scientist who is developing a new energy source in an attempt to raise enough money to save his college from closure should not be consumed by human mouths. <laughs> and yes, that is the plot of the hit 1997 film Flubber. Because yes, canned cranberry sauce is just holiday flubber. Next, stuffing. First of all, it's stuffing. It's not dressing. I know this is a heated debate, and it, and it does depend on whether you actually put it inside of the cavity of the turkey or not. But it's I like a reverse birth situation. Oh. <laughs> I mean, eventually it does come out. 
Yeah. So you're not just putting it in. But I don't care. I don't care if you fashion it into a little jacket and tailor it custom to the turkey with a belt and a matching hat. It's not dressing. Dressing is what you use to make salad taste like not the ground. Is this what is happening here? No. It's stuffing. Plus, calling stuffing dressing makes it that much more confusing when I employ the white people ritual of squirting ranch all over those turkey titties. Your family does that? No, but it sounds good. It does. I'm just like, that. that is a dressing. Stuffing is not dressing. Agreed. I think it's a, uh, that is like a regional thing. I think in the South, they call it dressing more than stuffing. But it's stuffing, okay? That being said, any stuffing that actually goes inside of the bird is satanic. (laughs) Anything (laughs) baked inside the hole of an animal, objectively demonic. (laughs) And it's soggy. It just gets soggy as fuck. Would you eat a cornbread dildo if I had it inside my anus all day? That's actually a bad example because obviously you would. Yeah, I feel like people would pay for that. I would eat it. The point is, <laughs> stuffing should not be wet. And that's what you're getting when you stuff it inside of a turkey. Next, green bean casserole. Green bean casserole is what happens when you leave a Tupperware container of vegetables in the back of the fridge for too long. <laughs> uh, green bean casserole is what I imagine chlamydia looks like under a microscope. Green bean casserole is what grows at the base of an abandoned lighthouse. It's just mucus. It's barnacles. Broccoli casserole is objectively way better because broccoli and cheese is like PB&J. They're meant to go together. Green beans and cheese is just like you're trying too hard. You're forcing this relationship. We all know you're going to get divorced. Let's just be real. We were at the wedding. We saw cheese looking at how good broccoli's ass looked in his tuxedo. We knew he was leaving green beans for broccoli. That is the relationship that we want. Broccoli and cheese, not green beans and cheese. I like when broccoli is like a little like crispier, you know, but even when the broccoli gets soggy, we're getting into dangerous territory. That's my main issue with any sort of like veggie casserole is I don't like the sog. It depends. It depends. I this is also it depends on what you're raised with and used to. Most people, I think, are used to a green bean casserole. My mom always makes a broccoli casserole, which Mm. she insists on making with frozen broccoli, which I think preserves some of the crunch a little bit better Mm. Mm -hmm. because you're biting into the freezer burn. Right, right, right. That adds a nice little flavor to it. It's a little seasoning. Freezer burn is as much seasoning as your family puts into your food. (laughs) I know I've been thinking of like what am I going to make for Thanksgiving I might like blow them away by adding salt or kill them all (laughs) oh no um let's see next mashed potatoes whoa I know this is one of my more controversial ones I'm just sorry to say you're not the star of the show mashed potatoes okay Mashed potatoes, they are a background actor. They're the background actor who keeps making direct eye contact with the camera. And it's like, (laughs) babe, you're ruining the shot. I know you think you're on your way to A-list because you're hot and everybody tells you you're talented and amazing. But today is not your day, okay? If you're going to bring mashed potatoes to the Thanksgiving table, they better be prepared to wow. 
I don't want just some plain old, we've seen it before, mashed potatoes. Surprise us. Sing us a song. Do some ventriloquism. Give us something <laughs> different. My mom does make amazing mashed potatoes because she she fucks that shit up with garlic, with horseradish, and she leaves skin on. And so there's a lot of different texture and it's not like full creamy mashed potatoes. They're like a little choppier, you know, they got the chunk in there. Mm, that's my favorite kind. Yeah, it does need some textural difference. You need a yeah. crunchy element. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just... Ugh. And again, this is all this is all informed by the fact that my family has never seasoned anything properly in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> so you should understand as you're listening to this that I was not raised with proper food <laughs> that was prepared properly. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like mashed potatoes are typically not very exciting. They don't excite me. You get a scoop of mashed potatoes as part of like uh, a cafeteria lunch. Yeah, but that's bad mashed potatoes. Like good mashed potatoes, to me, that's like the dessert of the side dish. It's like the treat that you get to take. Like I don't let myself eat mashed potatoes very often because they're so bad for you. But when I do, like, oh, my God, I, I crave mashed potatoes, like, on a weekly basis. Well, everybody knows that the dessert of Thanksgiving dinner is sweet potato casserole. I mean, yeah. Speaking of sweet potato casserole, actually, I love sweet potato casserole. My problem is when they're topped with toasted marshmallows. That's the only way I'll eat it. Where are we? Sleepaway camp? <laughs> am, am I blowing a camp counselor behind a pine tree and getting <laughs> getting sticky sap all over my knees? No. Then why in the sweet fuck are we toasting marshmallows and putting them over sweet potatoes? I'm just not a fan of the like mush on mush combination, which is what I call sex. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the scientific term for it. <laughs> mush A mush on mush combo. I just, if you're going to make sweet potatoes into dessert, which is what a sweet potato casserole is and why I love it, you need some crunchies on there, Mm. like a praline, pecans, sugar. That's it. Dust that shit on top. Next. Mac and cheese. I know we talked about mac and cheese. We have. Uh, And this is going to absolutely destroy our other producer, Melissa. (laughs) She, she, I'm, I'm, I won't be surprised if we, we put this episode together and then suddenly she cuts in here with her own mic and starts just talking about mac and cheese and how great it is. Cause this is, she might quit, honestly. I know we've talked about it. It is a staple in a lot of people's Thanksgiving meals. I think, especially in the South, I've never had it on Thanksgiving. It feels unnatural to me on a Thanksgiving plate. It's like showing up a thing. Macaroni and cheese on a Thanksgiving plate is like showing up to a wedding in a T-shirt and jean shorts. Oh, like, <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm glad you're comfortable. It looks like you're having a good time, but you're embarrassing yourself and you should have come. This is not your time. OK. You know what uh, I just realized? What? I think I know why I don't like Thanksgiving food. And it's because in my house where we, we keep kosher, when we have the turkey, you can't be cooking with dairy. So there's there's no dairy. And that's what makes all of these foods good, like mac and cheese. True. I mean, dairy... <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't imagine anything without it. Yeah. My condolences. Sorry, just had a little bit of a breakthrough. Gonna have to talk about this with my therapist later. Now you don't have to. Yeah. And finally, dinner salad. 
no place on the Thanksgiving table. Thanksgiving is about coming together responsibly, sitting around a table and agreeing that salad on, on Thanksgiving day can eat shit. Salad is a placeholder food only. I think salad in other contexts is fine, but Thanksgiving, no. no. The point of salad is to say, see, I'm a healthy boy who eats his vegetables and doesn't struggle to breathe when walking up a flight of stairs. But that pretense is gone on Thanksgiving. Chairs turn into beds. We as a nation fly a balloon of Charlie Brown in front of a dying department store to say, you don't have to eat salad today. That's what this holiday is about. Hell yeah. All right. You know what? Now Thanksgiving is actually my favorite holiday because fuck salads. So this year, set yourself free. Eat whatever you want. This year, more than any year, you create your perfect menu and then you gobble it down like the slutty little turkey whore that you are. And that is it for this week's Deep Dive. Next. We got Aida Osman on the pod right after this commercial break. We have a new pineapple show we're really excited to tell you about. Undistracted is a weekly intersectional feminist podcast hosted by activist, educator, and former host of Pod Save the People, Brittany Packnett Cunningham. Brittany will be speaking to the biggest thought leaders in today's social justice movements, from politicians and activists to artists and athletes. Plus, she'll catch you up on all the latest feminist news you need to know. Enough with the insidious distractions, the noise, the BS. This new show will focus on what really matters, how we can create a more just world that works for all of us. Undistracted comes out weekly on Thursdays, so subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts to join the conversation. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code Odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. My guest complainer today is comedian, writer, podcast host, Aida Osman. Aida co-hosts the podcast Keep It alongside uh, former guest complainer, Ira Madison III, and writes on Big Mouth on Netflix. Welcome to the show. Oh my God, so happy to be here. I just cracked the wine open. It's 12, 12, <laughs> 12:12 p.m. Let's go. I know. So we're, I know I'm three hours ahead of you and I probably oh, should wow. also be drinking. My excuse, uh, let me just unload my issues on you. <laughs> is That's that what we're my, here for. My building did that thing that like, oh, by the way, we're going to do a bunch of construction that we only tell you about the day of and you won't have water for like a huge chunk of the day. So I've been like rationing my liquid intake. because you can't flush my (laughs) building recently did that bullshit too and they'll do it like they'll come in the middle of the night and put a piece of paper on your fucking door (laughs) like you're trying to start a new religion and then (laughs) after that they were like 
we're going to turn the water off at 5 a.m. So if you want to use any of it, take a shower at three. Like what? <laughs> That's right. ridiculous. That so happened I did. to me. I got up at three. The last time I stayed in L.A., I stayed at an Airbnb and they told the people who own the apartment, but they just chose not to pass that information on to us who were staying there. And I woke up and it was the last day and they had shut the water off. So I couldn't do anything so I was like, yeah, I guess I'm I'm going to like I, I went across the street to the gas station, bought like a jug of water and like took a like <laughs> like a pilgrim would have to do. I took a pilgrim bath in the shower. <laughs> yeah, that's so ridiculous. And like I was recently in Miami and I had a situation because a lot of the houses in, my, in Hollywood over in Florida there they have really old plumbing and they have really old pipes. So you can't Mm -hmm. really flush anything. And I come, I'm from Nebraska where like everything is new and fresh. Like there's a lot of new settlements. Like my city is pretty, pretty young. I flushed one wet wipe and they had to snake the entire like draining system of the whole house. And the Airbnb guest tried to come to me like, okay, you owe me an extra three fifty, And I'm like, bitch, renovate your home, bitch. This don't got nothing to do with me. I'm flushing one wet wipe. But yeah. then after that, I stopped. I stopped flushing the wet wipes, but I was mad for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've stayed in Airbnbs where, like, you can tell that they have gone through shit with other people and they they take it out in really passive aggressive rules that they have written down. And there was one where, where the person who owned the apartment was like, do not if you put it anywhere near your face that has makeup on it, I will I will hunt you down and force you to, like, sew me a new pillowcase. <laughs> And it's like, just stop buying white pillowcases. Like, people are going to come in, they're on vacation, or they're on a trip. They don't give a shit about putting their nasty-ass face on your white pillow. It's going to get fucked up. You know now when someone wants to get their home, they, like, go on the profile and vet to make sure they're, like, an ugly person who doesn't care about their appearance. And they're just, like, (laughs) any, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. That's why they took me. Non-makeup wearing people. (laughs) <laughs> they looked at my my profile picture and they were like, yeah, he's not going to fuck up the pillows after you after you. This joke <laughs> replies for after you. Yeah, you learn you learn your lesson and, and you go from there. There's nothing else we can do. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, well, I got ahead of us. Normally, I start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? <gasps> one thing I hate that everyone else loves. And I know I'm going to get so much flack for this. Uh oh. And I've already gotten it from my mother, who is like a very staunch African woman who Uh cooks and loves cooking for me. And like that is her heart is that how she gives me her heart is through food, food that I would never eat because (laughs) it's too fucking spicy. And wow, I know. And I feel like such a honestly a bad black person for saying this (laughs) and a a bad African but I hate spicy food so much. Uh-huh. I don't I don't like even the idea of it. I'm sweating talking about it right now. Like, I don't think it's a me thing. This is me dissociating from my body. And I'm telling you, there's something going on with me psychosomatically <laughs> that has nothing to do with me. That when heat and spicy food gets brought up or I see somebody even eating spicy food, I want to shit myself. <laughs> so, so that's my unpopular opinion, maybe. Um. 
I mean, you are talking to like I am the ideal audience for that for that rant. So, you, oh, is you this well received? This is well received. <laughs> you chose it well. I mean, I talked before, and it's fitting that this is like you know this will be sort of our Thanksgiving episode because mm. I am I'm venturing. I'm from outside of Chicago. There is something. I mean, obviously, I feel like the Midwest has a general aversion to spice to begin with. Is Nebraska yeah. considered? Where where do we group Nebraska? Nebraska is Midwest, but like from the subtle racism that occurs there, mm-hmm. it feels less Midwest to me and more like we're venturing into the South category. Like right, right. It is a gradient. Like the the type of racism is a gradient all the way down from North Dakota to Texas. You know, so like <laughs> right. Nebraska's right in the middle, but we're hitting Oklahoma levels and Texas levels of I hate black people. But right. that, but but I would still call it the Midwest. Yes. Yes. Right, right. But at least the plumbing is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> we have this we like I don't know why as a kid, the one of the only facts I really remember about Nebraska is that we have the Ogallala Aquifer. So we have some of the best water in the like all the entire country. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I spent all my whole life drinking out of the tap. Like deep throating the faucet <laughs> like drinking out of the tap and and then i get to the bronx and everyone's like stop what you're doing right fucking now you can't drink that and that was the first time that i lived out of out of nebraska and even in dc i was allowed to drink the tap water we would just filter it and stuff but i just in la now i don't even like to shower in the tap water that's that's wild like i don't even know arid. I don't know where I'm I'm supposed to not use tap water. I I drink tap water. I'm just like whatever. Everything is killing me in some <gasps> way. Wow, so you're pretty defeatist about it as you should be. <laughs> yeah. I as guess you should so. I've be. given up. At this point, it's like everything I do is unhealthy. Like I almost snorted a caffeine pill this morning. Like uh-huh. out of <laughs> habit. <laughs> you know <laughs> like i went there i was like do i want coffee or do i just want a caffeine pill and then i got the caffeine pill and then i like started to look for something to crush it down with and i was like oh my god <laughs> college aida needs to be killed <laughs> and found <laughs> dead somewhere in a lake <laughs> holy shit whenever i think of that it always reminds me of that tweet i i don't even know it was from a while ago that was like some of you won't eat the brown part of a banana but you'll eat an entire asshole and it's always like that <laughs> to me is the vibe whenever I'm like, ah, I'm, am I going to drink tap water? Yeah. I've put worse things in my mouth. So uh, yeah. Oh it's, no. There's shades. <laughs> there's shades too. Oh, oh, sh- uh, I really devolved from talking about spicy food. Yeah. we, oh, we to, Go ahead. I wanted to clarify. I wanted to clarify though, that I don't hate people who eat spicy food. I'm actually genuinely worried about them. I really am. Like uh-huh. it's, the, I think the easy read is to be like, it's a type of masochism, which I, it definitely is. Yeah. It is like you're addicted to the pain of spicy food, which is right. what's happening. I'm not going to argue with you about it. Like that is just biologically what's happening to you. But like, why don't you enjoy tasting your food? Either? Right. Like that there's is so the many thing. things wrong with it. Like I, I love spice. I love, I love something that like has flavor. Kick. But, I like kick. Right. Right. I don't like spice. But when it's when it gets to the point where it's like you can no longer taste the food because your mouth is in like SOS mode. <laughs> no, no, no. We can't. No, no. Or like when you can 
feel the phantom booty pains that are coming. Like your <laughs> yeah. booty remembers well, the last time and now it's preparing. Like it's all clenched up while you're eating this taco. Like that's what makes you happy. That's insane to me. I don't, I just don't get it. I will personally not get it. Like, okay. Beyonce, when she had that lyric, I got hot sauce in my bag, swag. Mm -hmm. Look, she said that after releasing an album about her husband cheating on her. Like, it was just in, like, a time where she liked experiencing pain. And I have to acknowledge that. Yeah, she's from Texas, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. But I'm not going to just skip over that connection. Girl, what's wrong? Why do you need to feel sad all the time? That's true. You're avoiding it. I remember... Uh because that was around 2016 and Hillary Clinton tweeted something about having hot sauce in her bag and everybody was like, uh oh, Hillary's doing her thing where she like tries to relate to the children. And Don't then get me started. There Don't were, get me started. <laughs> but there were all of these photos of her like historically pulling out hot sauce. It was like she turns out actually puts hot sauce on everything. And uh, <laughs> she said, bitch, I got receipts. <laughs> you better wait. But Perhaps something is on the same line of there is some a masochism there, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, Beyonce and Hillary, Hillary have a lot had, in common. I can't believe. Well, cheating partners. Right. I can't believe that. Uh, I can't believe that Hillary had those photos. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I love that. She said, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. <laughs> wow. And, you know, but like this is another complaint that I have. And. Again, I preface every complaint with a qualifier that I love and respect these women, but mm -hmm. I see the fuck shit. Hillary doing that, that's fuck shit. Kamala <laughs> going on complex sneaker shopping to buy some fucking Converse that say 2020. Madam Vice President, that's some fuck shit. And then like AOC going on Jesus and Meryl two times. <laughs> Go write a bill. AOC, I love you, but stop trying to be in pop culture. I'm done. I'm done. I just miss when politicians had nothing to do with us. Right, That's right. what I miss. But I also love and respect them. Anyway, so we're like eight. We're eight I don't have lost count of, of how many months we're in quarantine. I still say we're like, I'm in quarantine. It seems like that term is now like pretty loose. Um. Wow. Well, here, I have a very unique situation. Of, I didn't really start quarantining until a month ago. Okay. You know, that sounds bad. Not because I'm a rascal or a menacer. <laughs> Canceled. But like, yeah. but because I was in quarantine pods with friends, like the mm -hmm. moment quarantine started, my friends and I all went to India. We got a house with like seven of us stayed there for maybe two months, like an Airbnb, which ended up being really cheap because Coachella country is hurting and was hurt. Like the Airbnbs there were so dirt cheap. It was embarrassing for them. But right. we stayed in a beautiful, beautiful home, stayed all together. And then we continued to do that. As long as the quarantine was getting pushed, we were like, okay, let's get another house. Okay, let's go to Palm Springs. Okay, let's go. Like, you know, and we just kind of stayed in the California area. And then now everyone is like tired of each other. So like, let's go back to our apartments. So that didn't start for me until mid-October. And now I'm starting to feel the mania that everyone was feeling back in like <laughs> April and Welcome. June when I was lounging <laughs> by a pool with my friends like, I love quarantine. And now I want to kill myself. And all I've done is take the trash out three times. <laughs> That's literally it. And you're in L.A., which is like, I don't do people get seasonal depression in L.A.? This is my first year without seasons. You'll find out. Yeah. This is my first seasonless year. Like I'm looking outside and it's November and I'm used to like getting snowed in. 
during this time. Like, how do you know when you're supposed to be depressed if the weather isn't like cueing you? Yeah. And they like savings got me all confused. I don't know how that groundhog about to feel in February. Like, I really have no idea what's going on. It's sunny and beautiful. It's been chilly recently. And I'm just being in L.A. for like a few months. I'm turning into a massive bitch. Like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I need a winter coat if uh-huh. it steps below 70. If I have to go outside and it's if there's any nip in the air, like I need a scarf. It's so embarrassing. It's, right. It's I mean, so people, embarrassing. there was uh, there was another tweet that was like L.A. like under 70 degrees is colder than like New York under 40 degrees. That's just, there has to be some science to it. I was thinking about it, like, yeah, is there something about like the humidity or something where it like feels colder just because the air is like, I don't dry know. as fuck. Right. It does scare me like how how much I know that I would become like super L.A. the second I, I moved to L.A. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just know I know that that is in me. Yeah, like I'm fully vegan now. Yuck. <laughs> I'm fully vegan <laughs> It's like, what's your name? What's your sign? Mm-hmm. And I just realized I'm so impressionable. But it's culture. Like, you can't help but kind of adapt to the people around you. Like, mm-hmm. you get molded by the people around you. And I literally came to L.A. being like, horoscopes are stupid. Zodiacs are stupid. You you guys are all fucking stupid. <laughs> but then I got here and I was like, wait, this is just shit white men don't like. Of course I love it. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh, I know. True. So, what's your sign? What's your sign? <laughs> I'm a uh, a Leo sun and a a Virgo moon. Maybe I don't remember. You know what? That pops out. I'm not gonna lie. That pops out. The yeah. Leo in you pops out. I think I'm becoming more of a Leo. Mm-hmm. Like the older I get. But I feel like you probably secretly always loved yourself, but you still had the little maybe the little kid anxieties. I say all this to say I don't necessarily believe in it, but I choose to believe in it because I need order in my life and I'm not (laughs) religious. So this is the only faith based system that I can adhere to because it's fun and it's prettier than it's prettier than Islam. So I like. Yeah, I love being able to like blame the stars on problems. I still don't entirely understand what like Mercury being in retrograde retrograde has to do with like my life. (laughs) Every time it's in retrograde, I that sounds much better to me. (laughs) Yeah, like if I hit up my old girlfriends, I'm in retrograde. It's not my fault. (laughs) Like it's just the moon and the stars making me hit up my old exes. I can't help that. <laughs> We've all been living in retro gay for the last <laughs> for the last eight months. Oh no! That made me think of like one of the many things that I hate about this pandemic is that it has stopped me from creating new awkward memories. So I'm forced to relive the old ones. Um, <gasps> that's what that reminded no. me. Retro gay. Because uh, I'm just like you are talking to a mutually anxious person. All I do is overthink yeah. shit. All of the like awkward dates that I went on just before quarantine started that I'm like, I usually that would live in my head for like a set amount of time until the next awkward memory. And I haven't been able to replace it with new awkward memories. That's why I'm just going to get like a new boyfriend or get pregnant or something because (laughs) I need like I need a life crisis right now so I can stop thinking about other shit. I think that's also why not that like any of of the nation's problems are going to just disappear now that the election is over far from it. But I think I had like uh, the election was almost like a distraction and something to focus on. Oh, yeah. For for days and days on end. Yeah. 
And I now didn't that even it's wipe over, my ass. Like, I was didn't clean myself or shower. I was so focused <laughs> on this shit. Yeah. So I yeah, I definitely relate. Oh, I mean, transition. Talk about anxiety. So you're writing for uh, Big Mouth, right? Okay, somebody saw the trailer. Look at you. <laughs> That's so funny. I was like, how's, how's he going to segue this into my work? But yeah, this new season of Big Mouth is all about anxiety. We introduced a new hormone character named Tito the Anxiety Mosquito. And we are really digging deep into our like very closeted dusty fears about ourselves and how the, the how the kids feel about it. I'm very excited about the season. I didn't yeah. write on this season. I wrote on the season after this because you know animation usually takes so right, long. Right, right. Um, but I got to be a part of the rewrites for this season. So there's still some some you know irreverent Aida jokes in there. <laughs> that, like you know there's I got my Rudolph talking about titties, um, little boys. So. <laughs> Like, you know, there's some some of my writing made it in, but I'm just so happy to work on a team of amazing, amazing people who listen to me and support me and like know how to make a non-binary Muslim Midwest girl from Nebraska. All this nonsense that I am just feel really comfortable in her first writer's room or their first writer's room, literally whatever I feel like being that day. And they ask me and I tell them like, I'm they them today. Let's go. And they're like, OK, hi. <laughs> okay, sit down. We are late. It's been you're 30 minutes late and we're in the middle of writing. But, <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, I love I love Big Mouth. Big Mouth is coming. I think shit, I should know it is. I think it's December 4th. The new season is going to drop on Netflix. Okay, yeah, just in time to when when people may be like traveling for the holidays and being around family. Not that yes. nobody should really be traveling, but yeah, I, I find, yeah, I love being reminded of like my teenage angst just when I have to like spend every night in my childhood bedroom where, where that yeah. angst oh. was born. I didn't even think about that. That is going to be perfect timing. And it does seem like the type of show where it's like it is it is fundamentally about all of the stuff that makes everybody like uncomfortable, like all of the uncomfortable moments that we all went through. Mm -hmm. And so it's like... Yeah, I guess I'm getting at like, how do you, I don't know, how do you like turn certain like moments of awkwardness into, I don't know, this is a general question I did not think through because I'm also like, okay. if anybody asked me that, I'm like, I don't know, no, I'm just like live awkwardness every day. <laughs> no, I, okay, I do have an answer for you because. Okay, like, great. Me, there wasn't even a question, <laughs> but I'm glad. I just like did an awkward thing. It's so meta. Um, Okay. I enjoy awkward shit. I really mm -hmm. do because you can kind of like play in the margins of human behavior. And maybe I sound yeah. crazy even saying this, but I love I love it. Like I will deliberately make an awkward situation for other people and just watch it play out, you know, <laughs> okay. just to see like True like chaos. just just for I know definitely chaotic. But I mean, I experience it, too. So I feel like if anything, I'm just helping them. That's exposure therapy. <laughs> I'm just all I'm doing is getting them used to how hard this world is. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. I remember reading uh, I, a profile of. Stephen Colbert, who said he used to like he would get in elevators and purposefully try to make Turn everybody around. uncomfortable. Yeah, stand the wrong way. I, that's whatever. what I do, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> I, there's no reason for this, but if you step in the elevator and just turn around and face the wall, people think you're about to slit their throat. Right, <laughs> like, right. They're like, for good this reason. Person's a maniac. Yeah, because that's maniac behavior. Like that's right. maniac behavior. But I love, like, I feel the most calm when I am. The chaos when I am the like the 
the in, the instigator in situations. <laughs> well, but yeah. also that's but in all reality, that's just a coping mechanism too, because I be anxious and I be awkward. So like to be to make to be making everybody else around me kind of like, yo, what the fuck is going on? It's, <laughs> that is so fun. That is so fun to me. Yeah, you time. get to be in control of the horribleness. That's bad, huh? That's bad. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna work on it. <laughs> um Okay, let's move to our segment called Elaborate, which is where I'll have you elaborate on some tweets where you've expressed your hatred of something. Yo, found some tweets. That's crazy. <laughs> I act like it's not public knowledge. Right, <laughs> like you right. You can't just... Okay. This okay. is just a, a simple search of the word hate on your Twitter feed. Um, this was from July. Do you know how much I hate having to take a shit when I'm in a hotel room with friends? <laughs> I might as well tear gas the whole suite. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I told y'all I was traveling around with my friends. Yeah, well, you sent this in the thick of it. It's such a it's it's such an unfortunate experience because I'm lactose intolerant, but I act like I'm not. Uh-huh. You know, so Same. like, you know, like I know I should be eating Daya or whatever, or like I said, follow your heart or any of those cheeses that don't give me bubble goods. However, Damn, I love a deep dish pizza the right way. I love it the right way. I can't. So anyway, so we had deep dish pizza and now we're in the hotel room and everybody's asleep and I got to strategically wait till 3 a.m. I'll be setting alarms and shit too. Like, okay, I'll set an alarm at 3 a.m. and then I'll go shit and I'll bring an incense in there and I'll light the incense and then people will just think she's doing a seance or some shit, you know, like uh-huh. that's, that is the level of thought I put into having to shit in a room with like, it's that, but that's anxiety too. That's crazy. Like that's, so yeah i yeah it's miserable or i'll have to like say oh i lost my hotel key and i have to go down to the lobby and shit in the hotel lobby bathroom that's uh-huh. something i've done before and wow this is embarrassing that i'm just <laughs> no i was just waiting because i have i've uh, the same experience <laughs> i i went on it was like the, really the only like true vacation like that i've traveled for And I went to Spain with a couple of friends from college like four years ago now. So I went with two friends and they uh, both, one of them was like, we all stayed in the same hotel room. And one of them, before we even got into it, was like, how about none of us actually use the bathroom to shit? And I could not help but feel like directly targeted. She was like, what if we 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 just like use the lobby, the lobby bathroom? Like she <gasps> proposed this out the gate. And I was like, uh, now that you said that, I want to shit twice as hard as I was going to to begin <laughs> with. Now that you I'm gonna drink milk and have curry tonight. That's what I'm gonna do. Just to <laughs> well, piss also, you off. yeah. But yeah, so we do we did end up we we actually got in a fight that week because I was like, I'm not gonna go down to the lobby just to shit. But right. yeah, I I ugh, I can't I can't shit in public places. I really can't at all. So that is my first Fair. what's it called? What's the section called? Ex Yeah. Um, this one is not a hate tweet, but I'm curious about it. The size of your cereal bowl is inversely related to the number of roommates you have. Um, for instance, <sighs> I live alone, so my whole bathtub is full of Captain Crunch right now. <laughs> that tweet I debated for a couple hours. <laughs> 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 because, first of all, it, it requires like more thinking than it should ever be on the timeline. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't just if you don't just tweet this pussy joke and go, bitch, I'm done. With, like, <laughs> but, but I was sitting, it's my first time without roommates 
and I couldn't find a clean bowl. So I grabbed like a mixing bowl, like a KitchenAid mixing bowl. And I was like, fuck it. <laughs> put the Captain Crunch in here, put the whole a whole liter of oat milk. And let me just go crazy, bitch. And I sat down and I was like, oh, my God, I am a pig with no shame. Like if I had a roommate, I would be eating cereal out of a pill bottle <laughs> you right. know as as we are as we are one to do when people are watching us and our eating habits but now nah, i was just hammering back this captain crunch going you just you know drunk on power and and <laughs> cereal and freedom and i was like this is definitely what my ancestors wanted from me but immediately <laughs> i made that observation of like yo uh, roommates keep us in check as far as eating habits are concerned. Or maybe that's just me and my little food addiction speaking for me, but <laughs> definitely, definitely it's inversely related. No, I feel that. I th- I think once you realize like any receptacle can hold any amount of, of <laughs> cereal that you are feeling in the moment, that that's the beginning of the end. Uh, before we let you go, where can people find you and your, your work? Well, 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 I would usually be like, come to the Hayworth. I got a comedy show or, right. but, you know. So, yes, Big Mouth is coming out that on December 4th. Tune in because it's going to be a lot of fun. Then after that, so I wrote on Betty for HBO. They're in production right now. So be looking for season two of Betty. And if you haven't seen season one, get on HBO Max, which is that girl. HBO Max is that bitch and a half. She's <laughs> number one. Love HBO Max. Oh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, at Shut Up Aida on all social media. If you like, you know, midday, early morning dick jokes, I'll be there. Always. And then, and then, most importantly, every Tuesday, we release another episode of Keep It at Crooked Media, where me, Ira Madison III, and Louis Vertel just really talk shit about pop culture. And, you know, we try to make it smart. We talk about politics every once in a while, but usually it's just like about how Joaquin Phoenix is wilding that week. <laughs> <laughs> but come through. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And we're all gay people from the Midwest. So fuck it up. <laughs> it's beautiful. And now it Ira is. got permanently banned from Twitter. So you have to that listen. That nigga to keep is wilding. <laughs> he is out of his damn mind. He pretended to be Beta O'Rourke and tweeted, uh, if Texas goes blue, I'll drop my nudes. And I'm telling you, the amount of people who truly believe this was real. like I Brown, fully bought it at first. I did too. I quote tweeted it and made a joke off of it as if it was really Beto. And then I realized, no, my own podcast co-host duped me. <laughs> so yeah. I for, yeah, I saw it now. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. I think he would tweet yeah. that. <laughs> he would. He would. He's like the hot one. He's has right. to tweet that. Who's going to tweet that? Mitch McConnell? Yuck. <laughs> no one would believe it but this we believe uh anyway well thank you so much i can't wait to see all of the things that you've done uh and i hope the wine went down so easy i mean i feel like the progression through the podcast where i get drunker as we talk (laughs) is heard and felt (laughs) it was amazing All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of our show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with do better white people, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions to take to make our world a little better. Barry, what are we highlighting this week? Uh, This week, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, and also it's just an organization I've wanted to talk about for a while, I wanted to talk about Universe City. It's in East New York in Brooklyn. Um, And basically their mission is 
to build a food sovereign city in East Brooklyn because, you know, I, I don't know if people know this. It's I think I think it's common knowledge, but like there's a ton of food deserts in New York um, and it disproportionately impacts people of color and low income households. Uh, and so universe city uh they do a lot of like urban farming using a technique called aquaponics but then because of covid they have kind of shifted what they have been able to do and now they work a lot on food distribution and so there's a lot of great opportunities to volunteer which i'm going to look into and also to donate um but i don't know if people i know it's been happening around the country but if people around brooklyn have noticed like these fridge refrigerators that are outside that have free food in them. A lot of those are are supported by Universe City. And so I think it's just a really great organization. Um, and there's probably other types of, of organizations wherever you live, uh, listener, that does similar things. So, you know, with Thanksgiving coming up, I just wanted to bring up a food-driven mission uh, to make the world a little better. Nice. So, yeah, we'll have info on university, how to volunteer, and how to donate in our show notes. Beautiful. Let's get into the TV we're watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? I watched the first episode of How To with John Wilson. Have you heard about it? No. I uh, it is, It's on HBO. It's kind of, my friend Chris Berube texted me and was like, it's kind of like a mix between Joe Parra Talks With You and Nathan Fielder. And Nathan Fielder is an executive producer on it. So it's basically, he takes, he's like filmed for like years, I think. I might be getting some of this wrong, honestly. But um, he, he edits it together and kind of creates a story through the footage that he's filmed out on the street and he narrates through it and it's a comedy. So it, it, it's weird. I mean, I've not really seen much like it before, so I don't really know how else to describe it besides that. <laughs> but if that sounds at all intriguing to you, then I would check it out and you'll understand very quickly what I mean. Okay. What about you? What are you watching? Uh, what have I been watching? Uh, absolutely nothing. My brain this week has been, uh, like short circuited. <laughs> I think I just got overloaded the week of the election in watching the news yeah. and scrolling through Twitter. And I, I honestly feel like it broke my brain <laughs> and I need to like hold down the volume buttons and the home button and w- let it reset. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Like, I feel like my brain fully just stopped working last week. So this week I'm trying to get back into it. But uh, yeah, watching anything new, there's just no room. There's no room. My brain cannot take any. If I did watch something new, it didn't stick. So I have nothing. (laughs) Holiday baking championship. (laughs) We've moved on to that. Uh, What is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is that we got a big ass TV. (laughs) I'm (laughs) 1%. 1%. I'm so excited. We've had a regular size TV for a while. And then when I went home over the summer, I got so used to like my parents' giant TVs and then like Alex's parents' giant TVs. And, uh, and then now we got a giant TV and I'm I'm just so excited. Uh, I love to watch TV on big screens. <laughs> and that truly brought me a lot of joy. <laughs> what about you? 
Uh, what is my non-TV chaser? I, I don't know. I've had like a stressful work week. It just feels like even in a normal year, this is always that weird, strange time before the holidays where there's sort of an understanding that like the next six to eight weeks are going to be like not, everyone's going to be dialed down yeah. to like a four. <laughs> um, unless you work at like Target then God help you. But yeah, it's just like getting ready for all that. I am excited. Uh, everybody, if you're traveling, uh, you be responsible. Don't be like, make safe plans. I know you're probably not taking your safety advice from my dumb podcast, but <laughs> I, um, my, my holiday plans at the moment is I'm renting a car and driving to Chicago. I want to be as, as isolated from other people on my journey as possible. So I'm loading up a Ford Fiesta Ooh. and I'm driving 12 hours across the great Midwest. Actually, oh. no. Well, I'll be driving through the blue Pennsylvania. Uh, by that, I mean Philadelphia and then the rest of Pennsylvania <laughs> and then Ohio and I don't know, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the old, it's amazing that you drive 12 hours and you really just go through three states. Right. So pray for me on this, on this journey across our great nation. Um, hopefully I, I survived that trek and more importantly, hopefully I survived the entire month that I will be staying at home. And I'll be next time you hear me, I'll be recording from my childhood bedroom. Yeah. Right. Where I was born. <laughs> and we will be taking a couple weeks off, but also still recording while you're there. And I'm excited for the fresh levels of complaining that you're going to need to get out from being in that in that scenario. I think it's going to be really good for the podcast we'll and see. really bad for your mental health. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We'll see. Anyway, on that note, thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and then rate us and review us. But only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hans Dale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline, and we may use it in a future episode at 601-600-RANT. That's 601 601- 600-7268 and that's it that's everything thank you for listening see you in a couple weeks when we're back after Thanksgiving uh, bye bye Flintstones it's the Flintstones I've actually been wanting to re-watch the, uh, the live action what a horrible film